0: Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, look with me in verse 9. Hebrews 5 and verse 9, and the Bible says, in being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. Seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. you can be seated this morning. In Hebrews chapter 5, as we begin in this uh, portion of the scripture, as a matter of fact, the very first part of this chapter all the way down uh, into what uh, the writer was writing about right here, it has to deal with the priesthood of uh, uh, and that of Christ, uh, and he talks about him being after the order of uh, King Melchizedek. By the way, the Bible tells in the book of Genesis, uh, not only was he the king of Salem, but he was also uh, uh, and that the high priest. He was the priest uh, uh, at that time. And by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, is all three. He is prophet, priest. Uh, uh, and King, he is all three of them today. Uh, but notice what he said that uh, he was the what, the author uh, of eternal salvation. And boy, ain't that a wonderful thing to know today, amen, Uh, uh, that not only was He the, uh, uh, we're not the author of salvation, Uh, uh, He is the author of salvation, Uh, uh, but not only the author of salvation, but the author of eternal salvation, Uh, and boy, that thrills my heart today to know uh, that I am eternally saved, uh, uh, because I have obeyed Him, I have trusted Him, uh, and come to Him. But notice what the writer said in verse 11, of whom, talking about the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, have said, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. Now, if, if, if we would have just stopped there, if the writer would have just stopped there, we'd say, well, there's some hard things that, that he's struggling about talking about the Lord Jesus, but he tells us why he's struggling to have a hard time to say them. Why? Because they're dull of hearing. Uh, you know, if you look up the word dull, I looked up the word dull and uh, what it meant, and <coughs> I didn't put it in my notes because uh, there there was so many uh, there was so many uh, definitions to the word dull. Uh, and I, I mean, when you look at it like that, that's a bunch of words right there, ain't it? Amen. That's a bunch of definitions. Uh, and, and it means heavy or sluggish. Uh, it means slow of motion or slow of hearing or slow of seeing. Uh, I means slow to learn or it means to be sleepy. Uh, It means to be sad or have melancholy. Uh, It means to be bright or not clear, you know, such as a dull day. Uh, It means to be dim or obscure or blunt, such as a dull night. Uh, It means to be not lively or animated, such as somebody that has a dull personality. But you know what he's talking about right here? He said you're dull of hearing. They're hard of hearing. They're not grasping what they need to grasp. Uh, And and he goes on to tell them, he said, in verse 12 and 13, he said, For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need one teach you again, uh, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. He said, you're at a time in life that you you should be mature enough. Uh, you should be grown enough in the Word of God. That's why he's talking about the oracles of God. Uh, that, that, that you should know these things. Uh, uh, but somebody needs to teach you again. I've got it penned out here. Uh, they need to go back to the primer class uh, in Sunday school and learn again. Uh, they some people that are 30 years saved, uh, but that's as far as they've went. Uh, I, I would dare say that some of our young people around here would know more than they would uh, uh, because they've been trained. Hey, can I tell you, just because you're physically old, uh, listen to me now, just because you're physically old does not mean uh, that you're spiritually mature. That does not mean that. Uh, and so what he's talking about, there's a time he said forever, he said, you become need of me." okay, uh, and not strong meat. He said, you cannot handle like, uh, and that the deeper things and that of Christ. You cannot gain them. He said, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. As long as you're a babe. You know, I remember my pastor used to say, a babe needs milk. Well, there's a lot of truth to that, ain't there? And if you're a babe in Christ, then you're probably going to be unskillful in the word of righteousness. But as you grow, you're going to learn and understand some things. So in verse 14, "...but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age." In other words, they've matured. "...even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to what? To discern both good and evil." He said, look, with uh, maturity, with growth, uh, uh, in the oracles of God, in the word of God... Comes something. He said they have exercised, the, they, 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 they have what? Use, uh, by reason of use, they, they, their senses have exercised to discern both good and evil. And if I could for just a little while, this is uh, what I really feel like God would have us to preach on uh, this morning and possibly tonight, uh, is simply uh, what he talks about at the end of verse 14 of how to discern both good and evil. Now, I preached on discernment over the years. I preached on uh, having wisdom and knowing God's will and uh, all these things. But to discern uh, means to be able to distinguish something uh, or see the difference between two or more things. Uh, it means to uh, know the difference or to discover. I think we know what it means to discern. You know the very first mention in the Bible about the word discernment or discerning deals with Isaac and Esau and Jacob. You know what the Bible said in the book of Genesis 27? It said, "...and he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brothers Esau's hands..." So he blessed him. You know what that's talking about right there? That's talking about the time when Esau goes out uh, to, to get Isaac some venison to come back in. And he's going to bless him. And Rebecca, their mother, heard what was going on. And she told Jacob, said, go out there and kill two kids out of the goats. I bring them back in. I'll fix one of them. We'll put the hair up on you. I, I, you go in and you can get your father's blessings. Uh, why? Because Esau was hairy. And the Bible said Jacob was a smooth man. Now, you know what the Bible said right here in Genesis 27? And he discerned him not. He went in and he had that uh, goat skin put on him. And when Esau reached up and touched him and felt his hands, he said, you feel like Esau, but you sound like Jacob. That's what he said. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When something don't sound right, you better be careful. It don't matter how you feel about things. When it don't sound right, you better be careful. A lot of times we run on feelings instead of knowing what we know to be the truth sometimes. if you don't know the truth, that's one thing I understand. And we're going to deal with that, how that you can discern this morning. Ezekiel chapter 44, as they're talking about getting things right with God, as they're restoring worship in that Uh, back to Israel and so on and so forth. The Bible said, and they shall, talk about the priests over there, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. He's talking about knowing some things. He's talking about being able to discern between right and wrong, uh, between what's good and bad. It's about having perception. Uh, You know, we have to be careful with perception. But you know, the Bible talks about in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5 that David perceived that God had made him king. Over Israel, Uh, when when the enemy come, uh, when when the one come against Nehemiah uh, over there, the Bible said, "And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he had pronounced his prophecy against me, uh, uh, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him." You know what the word to perceive means? It means to know or to understand. That's what it means. And sometimes you and I need some Holy Spirit, a, a good, godly, scriptural base. Perception. And sometimes we miss it if we're not careful. But discernment. So It's going to be a very simple message uh, to preach this morning. But it's sometimes hard to do. Can I ask you something? How do we discern spiritual matters and have spiritual understanding? Are you even concerned about that? Are you really concerned about having spiritual understanding and spiritual discernment? How do we know? How do we know when it's God's will... How do we know when it's our will? And how do we know when Satan is just trying to mess things up? Because you remember Brother Jeff, he was telling us this morning, Satan is very sly. He's very subtle. And as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said that he can be transformed into an angel of light. So how do we discern all of that? How do we come to that? And by the way, I'm preaching to saved people today. Unless you're saved, you're not going to get spiritual matters. You understand that, right? The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, he, he said that what, uh, that the natural man receiveth not the things of God. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. I'll deal with that here in just a little bit. The thing about discerning correctly, let, let me say this and I'm going to move on. The thing about discerning spiritual matters, and, and for the Christian, every, just about everything we do has a spiritual matter tied to it. You realize that, don't you? Your life is a spiritual life. You're supposed to be living for Christ. Your home is a spiritual place out of where you serve Christ, you raise your family, uh, and teach your children how to live for Christ. Your job is a place out of where you get... Yeah, I know you're making money there, but that's secondary. That God has put us out there and that to win others to Christ. And everything else in between... Friend, I'm just going to tell you, you said, do you look at your whole life as a spiritual man? I do, friend. I I really do because anything that I can and and don't do can affect me spiritually. And that's why I think it's very important that we understand these things this morning. So what are we trying to discern? Discerning will keep us on the right path, keep us right with God, and keep us out of trouble. So what are we trying to discern? Two things. I narrowed it down as I studied this. Two things in life, that, just to be honest with you, that is Christians that we try to discern. One is doctrine, and two is direction of life. I think doctrine and direction of life covers everything in the Christian's whole life. That if we can discern those two things with the help of God, then friend, we can live a life that would be pleasing to God and be beneficial to God that He could use. But three things I want to look. How do we discern some things. Notice what he said right here in the text passage. Uh, He talks about the oracles of God. He talks about the Word of God. He said, "For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness." He's talking about uh, the Bible, the Word of God. He's talking about the strong mead uh, uh, and the milk. What was it that Peter said uh, in First Peter chapter uh, two over there? He said, "As newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of uh, the Word, that you may grow uh, uh, thereby." Uh, listen, it is the Word of God uh, uh, that we have to have to grow with. So we start as young men and young ladies, and that uh, in Christ, when we first get saved, uh, it's like these younguns that are floating around here today. Uh, you don't start them on strong meat, y'all know that. Uh, you start them on meal. But as they grow and as they get bigger and uh, as they begin to mature more and more, they begin to eat more. Uh, uh, they begin to eat things that uh, are, are a little, give them a little more energy and a little more strength, uh, uh, and that to go on, and they keep growing and growing and grow. You realize the more you feed them, the more they grow. ain't that right i'm still trying to grow but i'm just growing out not up amen but number one talking about discerning things how do we discern first of all it is by the scripture if you want spiritual discernment in your life then it's going to have to be by scripture you must, what was it? He uh, He said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin uh, against thee. So we take the word of God, uh, uh, and we hide it uh, uh, in our hearts. Psalms 119, He said, Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto under my path. You know what he said when I get understanding? He said I hate every false way. He said I begin to know the way I, I, that I need to take, but he said I also know the way that I shouldn't take. Right? I hate every false. You know I hate the devil. Boy, we all ought to have jumped up and shouted right there. Because I'm going to tell you, he's your adversary, he's your enemy. So be vigilant because you're adversary, devil's wrong line. both about seeking whom he may devour, he's after you, and you need to understand that. You need to grasp that. So he said, "Look, he said, it is the word of God that enlightens us. It is the word of God uh, that gives us direction. You need wisdom for your life. You need to know what to do. Begin to read the Bible. You think it's that simple, preacher? I don't think it is. I know it is." I, I, I know it is I, I, I was talking to a preacher the other day and we was talking about some things matter of fact we was talking about uh, discernment and I, I said some things and uh, he said some things he said I'll tell you how it is and then buddy he rattled off about half a chapter and I thought yeah that's pretty good right there Amen yeah. Word of God always works it never fails. He said in Psalms 119 verse 130, The entrance of thy words uh, giveth light, it giveth understanding uh, unto the simple. You may not know what to do, uh, but if you begin to read, uh, you'll begin to understand. I can guarantee you, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I can guarantee you, you can, you can pray before you open this book and say, God, I need some help out of it. Would you please uh, uh, give me some help out of it and begin to read? Uh, and I believe that He will. Now if you've got some other things you need to fix up and you need to take care of, then you need to do that. And what I mean by that, if there is something between you and God, you need to fix that. Uh, If there is something you need to fix between you and somebody else, then you need to go fix that. But I'm talking about for somebody that loves God and is serving God, uh, and boy, and wants some instruction out of His Word. uh, uh, Maybe you've got some decisions to make. Maybe you're trying to learn uh, some doctrine. Can I say something about doctrine too? Uh, don't let don't let one verse in the Bible that you don't understand. Negate a hundred verses you do understand. okay? I mean, if you know what if you know what the Bible says about eternal security, and I do know what the Bible says about eternal security. The Bible says when I trusted Him, I got everlasting life. It says I got eternal life. I'm in Him. I'm in the Father's hand. I'm in His hand. John 10. And I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm kept. I'm being kept by Him. The Bible says so. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews says that. But if you run into something that makes you scratch your head and wonder if you're eternally secure in the Lord after that you trust Him, you just keep praying and studying and reading. And I'll guarantee you, God will give you some enlightenment on that Scripture. It just seems like there's a whole lot of people today not even concerned about the doctrine of the Bible. They're not really concerned about what the Bible says. I'm talking about saved people today. They, oh, I'm saved and I'm going to church and uh, listen. That's all that God requires. No, that really ain't all that God requires. Now to be saved, you just got to trust Him, put your faith in Him of what He done at Calvary. I believe repenting your sin and boy, thank God He'll save you, Amen. But He does require some more out of His children today. He really does. And I think reading your Bible will clear up a lot of problems. If you do that, Psalms 19 said, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. It goes on to say, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing. The heart, the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. I mean, it will just open up some things and give you some direction in what you need. Listen, read and listen to the Scripture. Sometimes it takes reading over and over and over again. Do you realize that, don't you? You've got to read over and over again. It is the Scripture that we grow in. It is the Scripture that we gain in. Lord, you touch this? Let me ask you how your daily Bible readings go. I didn't ask if you read 10 pages. I didn't ask if you read 10 chapters. I didn't, I didn't ask you that. I'm asking you, how's your daily Bible reading going? There's some days that I read one chapter. One chapter. You say that? There's some days I just read one chapter. Some days I may read 10 chapters. Some days I may read 10 pages. It just depends how it falls out and what my time in, uh, is in the day. But let me ask you, how's your, how's your daily Bible? You know, there's been sometimes I've got more out of reading one chapter than I have out of reading ten. Now, sometimes I've got more out of reading ten than I have out of reading one. I'm just saying, how's your daily Bible reading going? Don't you think you ought to read your Bible every day? I mean, He saved you and keeps you and watches over you. Let me tell you, shame's in my life sometimes. Sometimes it's 10 o'clock before I sit down and read my Bible. I've run and run during the day, or uh, I've got sidetracked during the day, or I have been lazy during the day. And so it's almost like saying our nighttime prayers, ain't it? If we're not, if we're not careful. Well, preacher, I I just don't think I'd read my Bible if I'm just going to read just because to say I read it. What have you heard me say? I'd rather read it in hopes that God might show me something. Amen? You ain't going to get nothing if you don't crack it open. You ain't going to get nothing from God if you don't pray. I mean, I'm just being honest this morning. Listen, I believe, listen to me church, I want you to hear me. If you don't hear nothing else today, you get this right here. I honestly believe and know from experience that this book can help your life, it can help your marriage, it can help your job, it can help your business, it can help your children, it can help every aspect of your life. This book can. And it can give you discernment when you don't know what to do. I'm getting ahead of myself. If you know what to do, then just do it. Just do it. If you know what's right, just go do it. Now sometimes we need strength and boldness and courage and the ability to go do it. Sometimes we need God to kind of push on us a little bit to go do it. we just kind of like Gideon, you know. Gideon knew what to do. He was just struggling to make sure that's what God wanted. You know, but Gideon never... Rired back on God and said, I ain't going to go do it. He never did. Gideon said, Lord, all I want to do is make sure this is what you want me to do. I always love it with that fleece over there. I always love it. He, he come over to God and he sits that fleece out. You know, and uh, one time he, he wanted the ground to be wet and the fleece to be dry. Uh, and I believe that was the second time. But he wanted the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry. Uh, and, and he wrung the water out of the fleece. And the ground was dry. And then he says this, Lord... Don't get angry with me. But can we do this one more time? (laughs) How many of us has ever been there? Now, I'm being honest this morning. Because if it's a big step in your life and a big direction and a big situation and and, and something you need to do in serving Christ. And and listen, I'm trying to help you and keep you right with God and out of trouble. Okay, so listen to me. I, I don't think God is going to get too upset if you say, Lord, I really believe this is what you're wanting, but, but would you help me one more time? Amen. I don't think God's going to mind that. Uh, I had a boss one time that, that used to say this, I, uh, and, and, and I'll never forget, I thought it was such a wonderful thing. Uh, he, he got us all together one time years ago, and uh, we had a plant-wide meeting, and, and, and a lot of us were cross-trained on our jobs. And, and he, 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 he got us all together, and he said, boys, he said, I don't mind you complaining. About going to do somebody else's job as long as you're headed that way. I thought, that's pretty good. He said, You can complain all you want to as long as you're walking toward that job. And you know, I think the Lord is the same way. As long as, not necessarily that we're complaining, but as long as we've got our face pointed toward what He wants, and for us to say, Lord, I'm just not 100% sure. I really think this is what you want, but I'm not 100% sure. Would you help me? I'm going to tell you the first place you need to start is in this book right here. Take the Bible and look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 real quick and then I'm going to move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look in, uh, look in verse 11. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit... Of man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Right? What, who, who knows about the who know what what knoweth the uh, uh, what man knoweth the things of man. So, Spirit of man, man knows himself; he understands himself. The Spirit of man, And he says, even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. All right. So, who knows God? Who knows what God wants? The Spirit of God does. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we that we might know the things. Uh, that, that, that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth comparing spiritual things with spiritual. but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. <coughs> Neither can he know them, because they are what? Spiritually discerned. God will help us if we'll let Him. If we'll listen to Him. By His Word. If we'll listen to Him by His Holy Spirit. If we'll just, listen, that's something else God gives us is the Holy Spirit. I'm a firm believer now. I I think three things work together uh, in, in, in discernment. One is Scripture and then two is the Holy Spirit. I think God can direct us. I mean, he tells us right here. He says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're Neither can he know. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. You cannot have spiritual discernment without the Spirit of God in your life. I I don't know any other way to say that. Uh, Acts chapter 16 the Apostle Paul and those men that he's traveling with, the Bible said, Now when they had gone throughout Phythia and the region and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Now I looked at that, and two times the Bible tells us here that the Holy Spirit stopped them, From a direction that they were headed in, but the Bible right here uses the word "assayed." And when I read that the other day, I thought, and I I was reading this scripture about what the Holy Spirit was telling them and uh, and suffering them not to go. And after they were come to Messiah, they assayed to go to Bethany. I thought, well, that just means they were determined to go. Actually, that is not what that word means. You know, sometimes it pays to look words up and not not just make an assumption on some things. You know what the word "to means? It means to examine or to prove or to have a trial over. And it says, so they are saved to go in that certain direction. But, but what? The Holy Ghost, the Bible said right here, uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, suffered them not. So they tried and they proved uh, uh, and asked the Lord, is this the way we need to go? And you know what the Lord did? He stopped them. By the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit inside of them said, Nope, that ain't the way you need to go. Has the Holy Spirit ever talked to you? Amen. I've had him talk to me. I've had him deal with me. I've had him correct me. I've had him direct me. And let me stop right here and say this the Holy Spirit will never act contrary to what that book says right there. I've heard people blame the Holy Spirit for a lot of things over the years. And I'm thinking, no, nah, it ain't right. Because the book says different. And if the book says different, I'm going to tell you, it ain't the Holy Spirit telling you that stuff over there. It's like people saying, well, God put that out there. The Bible said God tempts no man with evil. He is tempted not of evil, neither doth tempt man with evil. So I can tell you right now, if, God, if you say God's wanting me to do this and it's wrong, I can tell you it ain't God. Amen. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 9, he's talking about the children of Israel out in the wilderness. He made this statement. He said, Thou gave us also thy good spirit to instruct them. It is the Holy Spirit that resides inside of each Christian that desire to instruct us. So you can stand with me today, okay? How do you discern direction how do you discern a decision how do you know what to do when the fork when the when the fork in the road is in front of you how do you know what to do you read and then you listen to the holy spirit you examine that thing you prove it that brings me to point number 3 then you have supplication with the Lord. You pray. You read. You pray. And you listen. Look in James chapter 1 with me this morning. I told you it's very simple. Discernment is is a very simple thing to do. Sometimes it's hard to figure out. James chapter 1, look in verse 5. James 1 and verse 5 the Bible said if any of you lack wisdom <coughs> let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him but let him ask in faith nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let that man not think that he shall receive anything the Lord double minded man is unstable all his ways. what did he say you lack wisdom, direction you need to know what to do Just ask God. Just ask the Lord. I mean, we pray. We we go to Him and we say, Lord, what do we need to do right here? Read my Bible. I'm trying to listen. Would you show me what to do? Would you tell me what to do? There's been times, you know, from reading my Bible, there's been times I've not had to pray. Because the Bible's been pretty plain on some things. Been pretty plain. You know what to do. You don't, you know, it's like somebody says, Well, I need to go pray about it. Not if the Bible's pretty plain on it, you don't. Amen. I mean you don't you don't have to pray on it. I, I but you know, I, I get it that there's some things in life that I, and as one preacher friend of mine said, Well, there there's a few more gray areas and dark areas in the Bible that I want to care to admit sometimes. And and there's sometimes That I just don't know what to do. I don't know what God wants out of my life. So we pray. Is that not what King Solomon done? 1 Kings chapter 3. What what, what did he pray for? He he asked the Lord for wisdom that, that, that he could be able to discern. Let me go over. I'll go over. You don't have to go to 1 Kings chapter three, but uh, he's he's praying to God. I mean, he's he's took the kingdom uh, at this point, and 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 God's asking what he wants, and and uh, boy, ain't that a, ain't that a loaded question? What would you do if God asked you what you wanted? What would you tell him, Solomon? I mean, he he tells the Lord in. Uh, in, in verse 7, he says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child, I know not how to go out or, or, or come in. He, he's he got some humility about it. You know, one of the problems that, that, I, that I have learned in my own life and I've seen in other people's lives, uh, we, we think we've got everything figured out, and so we're going to do what we want to do. Now, I'm probably going to preach on what hinders discernment tonight, but I'll give you a little preview. What hinders discernment? We do. Because that's something we don't want to do, or we want to go another way, or do a different thing, or make a different decision. So we're going to do what we want to do. But you know what he said right here? He said, Lord, he said, I'm like a little child, and I don't know not how to go out or come in. I don't even know what to do here. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad for who is able to judge this thy so great a people. He said, Lord, I need to be able to discern good and bad. I just need to be able to discern good and bad. Right and wrong, I need to be able to discern that. So he prays. You need to know what to do. Pray. Just pray. You know, sometimes you've got to keep praying. Well, see, I ain't said this statement in a long time, but I, 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 think, I, I think it warrants being said right here. Sometimes we give, we give a 10-cent prayer and want a million-dollar answer. Sometimes it's going to take some fasting and prayer to get the decision you need. Sometimes it's going to take getting along. It's going to take turning your phone off, turning your TV off. Sometimes it's going to take quitting what you're wanting to do uh, and sacrificing some time to go pray alone, to get by yourself. Sometimes it's going to take coming down here to the church and getting by yourself. Somebody said you ought to come in here. Some some people that was uh, needing to pray sometimes come down here and just sat in the church and prayed. said, it's amazing. You ought to just come through here sometimes. It's just you and God. I've called up here many times around this altar, just me and God in here in the middle of the day, and just begin to catch you pray at home. Sure, I can pray at home. Do you? You get your kids sent off to school, or to the babysitter, or wherever they're going, or whatever's going Do you get around the coffee table, and begin to pray, get around the couch, the bedside, do you pray? I'm all for family devotion, and family prayer time. I think we all ought to have it, but do we pray alone? Do we seek God? I'm talking about in a time when we need an answer to know what to do. You need to read your Bible, and you need to pray, and you need to listen. Ask in faith. saying, Lord, would you please help me? You take what God gives you, and you use it. It's not always easy to figure out what God wants. J. Vernon McGee made this statement, or it's attributed to him. Let, Let me tell you this. He said, looking back over my life, he said, 90% of the decisions that I made, I was not sure that it was God's will. He said, looking back, he said, I can see that it was God's will. Sometimes it's very plain. If it's plain, go for it. If it's not plain... Then you pray, you read, you pray, and you listen, and you trust God. I have never—I got to be careful. I dug—I dug myself a hole one time talking about songs. I had to learn to like that song "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." What do you mean? You had to learn the like. Just to be honest with you, I don't like the rhythm of it. I, don't like the, the, I, don't, I just don't like the speed of it. That's just me personally. But boy, when you stand there and you read them words, boy, I learned how to like that song. I learned how to, because it is Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take Him at His word. Just in simple faith. He plunged me. I'm just telling you this morning. You, you, you don't know how to discern. You read, you pray, and then you trust what the Lord tells you by the Holy Spirit. Then you do. It. Let's get us a verse of invitation, if we would, man. Let's, let's stand this morning, church, if we would. Let's bow our heads across the house.